It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Phil Draft Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly, Ben Solik, and Craig Horlbeck. We are coming to you every Tuesday and Thursday here on the Ringer NFL Draft Show. As always, go to NFLDraft.TheRinger.com. We've got our draft guy. We've got DK's mock drafts. We've got big boards. We've got everything. NFLDraft.TheRinger.com. And today we are looking at running backs, and we're doing Fifty Shades of Grey style. And if you don't know what that means, you're going to find really out. We don't really either, so no worries. <laughs> It's like shades, shades of gray. gray and everything is the point. Yeah, DK, you want to you want to roll out the red carpet, the gray carpet here? Obviously, there is a uh, sh- there's gradient in terms of what a player could be in the NFL. They could be a really elite player, or they could be just an average player, or they could be a crappy player. So we're trying to like capture all the different uh, outcomes that could possibly happen with these running backs. So that's what Fifty Shades of Gray is about. We also just stole the the movie title because it's something popular, and we like to do well, that. It was a it was a book first. Sorry, the book title. I haven't read nor watched either. Have you guys seen I, them? I've seen them. <laughs> I saw Are the first good? one. I feel like I got the gist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't need to watch the second and third. I don't, I don't know. There's much more here for me. All right, so we're gonna roll through, and we're gonna just go through all the running backs. Not well, not all. Most of them, of our them. favorites. Yeah. Some of them. The biggies. The, yeah. The, yeah, the biggies. The Fifty Shades of Grey of how you know they could play out, and we're gonna start with the the big honcho here. It's Bijan Robinson. The Still running back out of Texas. It's Bijan, right? Not Bijan. We've been saying Bijan. That's wrong. It's Bijan, but he doesn't correct people. It is. I, I have really it on care. very I'm good authority. Bichon. I'm yeah, also going to say Bijan. Bijan. <laughs> Bijan. No. What movie is that from? Bijan. I don't know. Anyway, he went to Texas. <laughs> Bijan Robinson, 5'11", 215 pounds. I feel like he's the running back version of the Prince who was promised. He's the best running back prospect yeah. in the draft since like Saquon five years ago. He's big, he's fast, he's physical, he can catch. He's nice enough where he doesn't correct people and you get his name wrong. Uh, broke the record for broken tackles in a single season since Pro Football Ludicrous. Focus started charting it. Where's Pretty number good. five? 
like Reggie Bush and mm. because of Reggie Bush, which I like. Ben Solak, what are your 50 shades of gray for Bijan mm. Robinson? Bijan is delightful, man. He's such a fun <laughs> watch. He's such a talented player. I don't like, I refuse to gain any sort of like, oh, but what if you took a running back? And if in the third round, you got like, I don't care. I like watching him play. I'm excited to watch him play in the NFL. <laughs> we're going to see who drafts him and where they pick him. I would take him very early. Do that uh, voice more. Which, 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 which voice? What if you picked him with the first? My nerd voice. Uh, okay. <laughs> so starting at, at, uh, at uh, 10 and working my way up. 10, the bottom stage comparison. You remember those two 1,000-yard rushing seasons that Jordan Howard had for the Bears before he totally died? (laughs) (laughs) That's our our bottom tier, right? And that's the thing is, like, Robinson does have a little bit of an injury history. And so if you're trying to figure out how does this guy bust, he's such a good prospect, that's part of it, right? He's been banged Mm -hmm. up before. Next up, the 20 for me is Brees Hall, which sounds kind of crazy because Brees Hall was going to win, like, Offensive Rookie of the Year a year ago. But Brees was also this, like, good size, extremely well-rounded, could be used on third down. He obviously goes really early in the second round, not early in the first round, and just takes over for the Jets, right? Just was was dominant in all three phases, could hit a home run, could break tackles, was a tough runner. Like, that's, I think, what you're working with with Jean Robinson. Mm. Like, I think you're going to get a Brees Hall-style player. And obviously, we saw with the Jets when the offense was working, like, that... You get a thousand yard receiver, a thousand yard season out of that really easily. I'm going to skip my 30 for right now because okay. my 30 is my exact comp. And I think it's a great comp and I love it. And I want to end with it. 40 is Al Big Camara. Alvin Camara. <laughs> and then okay. just make it a little bigger. That actually <laughs> it works. That works for me. Yeah. I like that. And then my 50 comparison, which is Nick Chubb with Pluckies, right? Nick Chubb with hands. The, the, I, I chose Pluckies. those two athletes. Pluckies. Yeah, I've never heard that. I, I chose those two athletes because the thing about Kamara and Chubb is that they are both ludicrously smooth. Mm-hmm. And when you watch Robinson run, man, there are angles that this guy moves at, and it's just delightful. For a big body to be as awkward against the ground and to be dealing with incidental contact and be changing direction as a guard, changes his position in the hole, the, the cut opens up in the back, and, and to just never feel like he's stumbling, never feel like he has to take a chop step, never feel like he has to turn his hips and turn his weight. He just, he, he's like, he's like, a, like ball bearings on a gyroscope, man. I mean, he just... <laughs> these days. It's really, really impressive for a player who's, who's over six foot and who's 215 uh, the way that, that Robinson is to move like this. It, it is very reminiscent of Chubb, who was a little bit shorter, a little bit squatter, but it immediately reminded me of Chubb and it reminds me of Kamara too, where just like Kamara gets to the open field, you just feel like that guy slalom skiing. Like that, yep. that sensation is so real. And that's why for my 30 comp, Matt Forte's name get th- gets thrown around a ton wow. every mm. draft cycle because every back who's like a little bit big and can catch. Everyone's like, he can be Matt Forte. <laughs> it's like, guys, do we forget that Matt Forte is like first seven seasons. He had at least 920 rushing yards in all of them. He had over a thousand in five of the first seven. This guy was like a true bell cow runner. You'll put on some Matt Forte film, the work in the second level, the, the, the elusiveness, the change of direction, the pinballing off guys. Like he was a real, real runner. And then yes, he was a 70 target player, which Robinson can be given how well he caught the ball out of Texas. To me, he is a little bit shorter. A little bit faster, but man, he reminds me a lot of Matt Forte. Uh, and, and that is a decade-long career of impacting the, the game at all three levels. I think that's what he's going to be in the league. I like all these. Uh, Bijan Robinson and Alvin Kamara actually are almost exactly the same size. Um, people kind of, I don't realize, I don't think realize how big Alvin Kamara is. I really like the the Nick Chubb one too. I've said for a long time, Nick Chubb, hit, it looks like his feet grip the ground differently than everyone else. He just has weird incredible explosiveness and balance combination that he just can like cut quicker than everyone else on, on the field. Um, I was watching Bijan Robinson the other day 
and the nerdiest thing imaginable came to mind, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Do you know how in the Fellowship of the Ring, Legolas is yes. like walking around on top of the snow? Like everyone else is trudging like waist deep through the snow yeah, and Legolas yeah, yeah, yeah. is just like right. on top of the snow. Before that's like watching Bijan. Yes. That's like Bijan on the field. He just like, he just moves at a different speed. Yeah. At a, he's like not the same weight as everyone else. Like the, mm-hmm. he, the laws of gravity don't apply to him quite as much as everyone else. Is that going to uh, be sorry, a new was, thing? This is the draft podcast that references Lord of the Rings in every episode. <laughs> every that, episode, yeah. Or the Star only Wars. draft podcast yeah. that knows the names of the characters in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we are the only draft podcast that knows the name of Lord of the Rings. Here's the thing about that scene, though. Okay, it's the wind starts howling, and Gandalf just looks up and goes, "It's Saruman." Like, what? You can't tell. <laughs> like, oh, that dark cloud, that's got to be Saruman. Like, you kind of hear his voice in the wind. I always found that very He's a wizard. He it's vibes. It's like, yeah. it's vibes, man. It's his job. Me, when I go outside, it's a thunderstorm. Ah, oh, it's Dumbledore. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> Dumbledore. I have a question. When is the last time a running back prospect was this exciting? Saquon. Saquon. Yeah. And he's better than Saquon. <laughs> Fighting words. On. I like as it. A pro- as a prospect, he's better than I like him more than I like Saquon. Saquon was a <laughs> a bananas athlete, right? Saquon would hit turbo and you'd be just like astounded. But Saquon was like screwing around behind the Penn State line. Like Saquon had a lot of reps. We were like, dude, just go get three yards. Like be a running back. Like enough. Yeah. He was constantly swinging for home runs. He was Barry Bonds. Bijan is, is <laughs> like plug well, He wasn't Barry shot. Bonds. It was because Barry Bonds took a lot of walks. Saquon was like, had a Joey yeah. Gallo where his home runs are strikeouts. I, I know Adam four Dunn. baseball players. Yeah. I did my best. Adam Dunn. Uh, the, uh, like Eagles fans talk a lot about Bijan. Like maybe they'll take him at 10. There's no chance they do. But like if you put <laughs> if you put rookie Saquon Barkley behind like this Eagles line, I don't think he'd like lead the league in rushing because I think he would like make mistakes. He had to learn how his eyes, whatever. You put Bijan on this Eagles team tomorrow, he's rushing for 1,700 yards. He is ready to go right now. He's unbelievable. I feel like the running back devaluation has gone so far that it's actually screwing up. I feel like where Bijan Robinson goes is like maybe the key to the first round of the draft because... In some ways, people are falling outside the top 20. But if we're saying that he's a better prospect, as good, if not better than Saquon, Saquon went second. I know the NFL has changed since then, but have the people running the teams actually changed that much? Like, I, I'm kind of, I don't know. It's it, DK, like, Gettleman's not the, in the league anymore, is he? No, well, Gettleman, no, he's Gettleman not. Gettleman took I, both, didn't Gettleman take both Saquon and CMC? Or am I, mis- yes, yes. Am I misremembering? <laughs> he did. Yeah. I'm just wondering. Bajan the Cowboys Robinson, are still, the Cowboys are still in the league. So If he's that yeah. good, though, let's say, I, I think personally, the Seahawks at 20. There's no chance he falls past them. The Patriots at 15. Oh, I love Why should this. the Patriots, if Bajan Robinson's on the board, if it, uh, or 14, why should the Patriots not take him? I would be slack-jawed flabbergasted if Bijan Robinson's still on the board at 14. For the Patriots. The Falcons at eight. Desmond Ritter. All right. Here's the thing about this draft class. Falcons at eight to me is the Bijan spot right now. Ooh. I just. Oh, my God. I, I look at the size of that team. So big fellas and tight ends of big fellas, wide receivers, some big old running backs. But Cordell Patterson with, with injuries and then Tyler Algier, who's like a late round pick. Like, I don't think they're set at that position. And Arthur Smith ran this offense through Derrick Henry. Arthur Smith, when Arthur Smith was successful, the way he got this job was by a run first approach with an elite back. I think Falcons at eight are absolutely 100% a Bijan Robinson team. I think Lions at six are a team that are going to still talk about Bijan Robinson, even with Dave Montgomery and DeAndre Swift there. This is not a good class. There are bad players in the class. There are not a lot of really talented ones. Bijan's one of the three best players. He's going to go early. DK conveniently has him going to the Seahawks at 20. What a shock. <laughs> Interesting. This is one of those situations where I both dread it 
And also, I'm secretly very much hoping it happens because it <laughs> will destroy it? You guys took from Penny, the inside. Like Twenty first. Yeah, and it was a fucking terrible decision. Well, <laughs> I mean, he was he was fun the last like year or whatever, two years. Um, but yeah, like I, I think it would be so fun if he was on the Seahawks. But it's also what about Ken it, Walker? It Ken Walker's really good. Fans. Yeah, I know. Love me, but, but I want two of those guys. <laughs> wow! All right, you want you want to know that you want to know the real, true, total DefCon Five nerds losing their mind for a year scenario. Tennessee Titans at eleven. Tried oh, yeah. to trade Derrick Henry yeah, yeah. this year, couldn't get to move him. His contract's expiring. They're just getting ready for the future, man. Just Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, Derrick Henry to Bijan Robinson, man. Wow. What was, about the Bears was, at I nine? Did the Bears idea. take him? Oh, I mean, I who do the Bears it. have at running back? Deontay yes, Foreman? Khalil Herbert? So, the, yeah, they, they got... It's Khalil and, and Dante Foreman, yeah. I think that Poles is too analytics build to to do running back at nine, but I would love it. Justin Fields and Bijan Robinson in the same backfield? I don't care. Put oh, anybody wide yeah. receiver. Put me a wide receiver. <laughs> We're cooking. Get the nerds out of my football, he says. Get the nerds out of my football. <laughs> they should probably get a tackle that wasn't drafted in the fifth round before they get a running back. All right. DK, next up. Yeah. Jameer Gibbs. The other best running back in the first round. We got Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. 5'9", 199 pounds. So is he soft? Couldn't get to 200? Who knows? Mm. Uh, Gibbs spent two years at Georgia Tech, and then he transferred to Alabama for one season. He wore number one at both places, which I like. Ran a 4'3", 6'40", dash, which is 99th percentile 40 yard dash among running backs. He's a good runner. He's a really good receiver. He only dropped two passes in three years. Two drops in three years. DK, yeah. Give us your 50 shades of gray for Jameer Gibbs. Okay, so let's start with the bottom. Like worst, absolute worst case scenario. This guy just is not nearly as good as everyone thinks he is. And I'll go with number 10, Darwin Thompson. Number 20, Ben, close your ears. Kenneth Gainwell. Kenny G. Like a solid player, but not going to change much. Uh, 30, Raheem Least Hurt. Get it? Not most hurt, least hurt. (laughs) Nice. Uh, (laughs) I'm so annoyed that that was good. (laughs) And then number 40, which is, is basically how I view him, Aaron Jones with nitrous oxide boosters. He has insane acceleration, but stylistically, um, kind of similar player as Aaron Jones, like excels in space, can break tackles, really good acceleration, ex- excellent in the passing game. And then by number 50 for him, like the elite, elite potential he brings is someone like Jamal Charles, I think. Ooh. Like Ooh. Jamal Charles to me is like a, yep. you know, a, one of the most, one of the best running backs ever, really. Um, and he has that same skill set, I think. I, and he's like, a, he's best known for his receiving chops. Obviously, he's like one of the best receiving running backs in this draft class, the best receiving running back in this draft class, probably. Um, but I also think he's pretty effective on the ground. The problem is he doesn't really run through the tackles. He's always on the outside. He's basically never just going straight up field. He, he runs these stretch plays, wide zones, things like that. Um, so there's a little bit of an unknown there in terms of his ability to just go north south, but he has incredible acceleration. He's really good in the pass game. Uh, he's an explosive play waiting to happen. I really like him. I'd like to note for the record that two of your comps, so Jamal Charles among running backs, number one all time in yards per carry, five point yep. four. Yep. Aaron Jones, no one knows this. Third all time among running backs, yards there per carry, five point one. Who's second? Rashad Penny is about get- to overtake everyone, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys want to guess who running back is? Second all-time yards per attempt? I, I have no mm. shot of getting it. Uh, you do, because he's already been mentioned on this podcast. Nick Chubb. Yes. Uh, bang! What's up? 
So I, I love I love the Jamal Charles thing because I think Jamal Charles for you know the the Zoomers of you know Ben Sulk's generation who can't remember 2011, but Hello. the I feel like Jamal Charles like he had that cult game where he tore his ACL, but before that Jamal Charles was I don't want to be hyperbolic, but one of the best athletes of the first of like the 2000s, like yeah. just athlete. And I'm curious, like I feel like the thing that him and Aaron Jones have in common is like balance mm -hmm. and change of direction. So do you think that? I mean, what like if it was fantasy and Jameer Gibbs went to like the Broncos, are we talking? Well, I guess they have Javante Williams, but are we talking like a guy who could be like a top, like a first rounder as a rookie? Is that how good he is? I think, I don't know. That's, it's very difficult because he's going to, there is some question mark in terms of the fantasy world and he has to land in a situation where they're going to pass the running back a lot to, I think, extract the most value. If they're, if they're, if he lands with a mobile quarterback, I don't think he's just going to have as much value inherently as some of these other guys might just because you know, mobile quarterbacks typically don't drop it off. They don't, you know, pass to the running backs as much. His main value, I think his biggest value in fantasy is going to be pass catching. So I, it's, it's a tough question to answer. I think he has the upside to be that type of player, um, but landing spot's going to be. Important. Is he a three down guy? Is, that's how I categorize my running backs. Is he a is three Aaron down Jones? Guy? Yeah. I think like in theory he is, but like, they the Packers clearly see like want to do a rotation, right? Like, is the they, team going to pair him up with like a bruiser and then he plays on third downs yes, and then two minute so. drills? I think there'll probably be a t the type of thing where they they rotate series. He can play on the early downs. He just I don't can know I if he can run up like up the gut. I as would much say as some guys. I would say I really think Jameer Gibbs is a three down player. I think Gibbs yeah. is a good enough runner to be a uh, to be a guy who gets who's a workhorse guy who gets fifteen plus carries and another three, four touches catching the ball. Yeah. To me, to me, like Aaron Jones is a good descriptor for him, right? I've heard Kamara for him because the balance thing that Hypitz brought up and I like that aspect of it too. He had, he's got a very Kamara aesthetic, honestly. And so like the, yeah. the, 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 the comparison makes sense. The Jamal Charles thing, like I've seen Charles for him. I think that's, I don't know, that's like a 55. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's a, that's, that's a good 57. <laughs> well, I, yeah, right I wanted there. to, I wanted to go like but, shoot um, for the, you know, yeah, but he he Jamal uh, Charles was a third rounder for the record. Yeah, Jamal. I mean, I just I don't know. I Jamal's another one of those players like Matt Forte, where like every year I feel like we get like a, he could be Jamal Charles, and it's like nobody can ever be Jamal Charles, man. Right. But right. but uh, Gibbs is extraordinarily talented. So we're talking about a first rounder here, Jameer Gibbs. Like Bijan Robinson was saying, could go in the top ten, but running backs aren't supposed to also get taken this high. Najee I mean, Harris got taken in the first round like two years ago. Eighteen. It's no offense, Greg. Probably shouldn't have. Where yeah. is Jameer Gibbs going to make it out of the first round or no? I think he's a he's one of the top 32 players. I think he's probably more likely going to be an early second rounder. Yeah, I would take Gibbs late 20s to early 30s and be very happy. I think he ends up a guy who gets picked around 40. Mm -hmm. Where Brees Hall went last year, right? Brees Hall was 38. Jonathan Taylor was 41. Like that sort of range. Kenny Walker, I think, was an early second rounder. Yeah, 44 for Kenny um, Walker, yeah. Jamal Charles, back, he... two years younger than Adrian Peterson. That's Jamal crazy. Charles is only 36 right now. <laughs> Adrian Peterson, man, just hanging that's, around for so long. It's unbelievable. Next up here, we got Zach Charbonnet Ooh. out of UCLA. Oh, Charbonnet. 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 You got to throw Charbonnet. Yeah. I hope, on, you, I hope you only use Chardonnay descriptions to describe this player. Buttery. Well, as somebody good. who's never drank before, this is going to go great. <laughs> it's bubbly. He's just a fizzy little runner. Got some pop to him. Charbonnet's from California, went to UCLA, went to Michigan, transferred to UCLA. Where's 24? which considering he spent like his whole life in California, assumes for Kobe. He's 6'1", 220 pounds. Full-bodied. Full-bodied. <laughs> Hints of, 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 is that hickory? 
<laughs> buttery. I don't know. Yes. Bit of an oaky afterbirth. Shout out Michael Scott. Afterbirth. Oh. <laughs> I, I want to make it very yeah, clear. I was, I was quoting say, something there. You got to make sure you know that's a quote. I can't just uh, drop so that one with no context. That one <laughs> needs to be clear. That is from the office. That's where that comes from. You almost got me. I now wish that we had good. done Fifty Shades of Champagne for Zach Charbonnet, but yeah, so like hit us with the shades of afterbirth. Yes, Zach Charbonnet. I like Charbonnet quite a bit. Um, I'm going to start in the middle this time. Charbonnet reminds me so much of Tyler Algier out of BYU, who's now on the Falcons. If you just took all the sliders and like cranked them to 11, it's like, like Algier times 1.3. And you just say, like, it, to me, like it's one for one. He's just, he's, he's a better, more rounded version. He's a little bit more explosive. He's a little bit more physical, a little bit better balance. To me, it just makes a ton of sense in that regard. My The rest of my 50 shades, uh, starting at 10, I have Trey Sermon, what he actually Ugh. was. Yeah, yeah. Because at 30, I have what people thought Trey Sermon was, which talk about <laughs> NFL draft type, I could never get my head around the Trey Sermon discourse heavy spinning. Um, he had one really at, good game, though. Yeah. At 27, I have like, like <laughs> Don to Foreman. At, at, at 33, I have like Brian Robinson, right? So like this mold of like stocky mm-hmm. dude, good between the tackles can break the first end and break the second as well. Has enough, like Brian Robinson, especially when you, when you see how, how well the feet work. Like Charbonnet, when he's on pace, when he's he's behind the line and blocking his clean, he's got really nice feet. He can get a little bit messy when he like is indecisive. Some people like think, oh, he's really patient. No, I think just sometimes he's confused. But like Brian Robinson, to me, like the, the footwork aspect of it was very, very familiar. And then for my top end comps, all right, the 50 is... Ezekiel Elliott, right? Like if he if he just ends up being just an absolute hammer between the tackles, so good in short yardage, he runs behind his pads so, so, so well, which like Zeke is the prototypical guy for that, then sure, maybe he becomes like 2019 era Zeke. The 40 is like 2021 era Zeke. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's still really good. We still like to give him the ball. He's great in short yardage. Awesome in pass protection. The efficiency's going down a little bit and is not necessarily hitting home runs. Much right? yeah. You could really just do 50 shades of Zach Charbonnet on 50 shades of Ezekiel Elliott. It's just like 50 <laughs> is like prime Zeke. Year one, 40 is year like two. Near prime <laughs> Zeke. 20 is like Zeke now. You know, it's just, it's just, he's such a, a, a such a wonderful, he's got great balance. He's really, really nice when he sticks his foot on the ground and go. When he's got decisiveness, he's an excellent runner. He like again, like talking about Zeke stuff. When he builds up speed, like acceleration's not crazy. When he builds up speed, he's running. He's yeah. moving. Like when one of the prime Zeke was when he got to the open field, like he'd outrun safeties. He wasn't muscling them. He would legit burn them. And 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 Charbonnet's got that too. It's just the agility aspect of things and, and the movement skills. So I think, yeah. right, you're looking at a, at a Brian Robinson, like done to form dealt with health problems, Tyler Algier. It's a guy where you feel good about him being a back on your roster. If he has to start and be a lion, and, and you know that he can take 20 carries for a couple of games. But yeah, you're probably looking for more athletic juice either somewhere on the depth chart or with an improved higher pick later down the road. Does he catch passes? He does. Yeah, uh, he very does. good question. So uh, Charbonnet, like, uh, I, I wouldn't, call him a supernatural pass catcher, but he got a lot of reps in UCLA's offense, and he's honestly developed a pretty good pass catching profile. He has a nice, um, like, like sense, you know what I'm saying? He's got a really good job of, like, making the first guy miss as he's catching the pass. He doesn't look like he doesn't know what he's doing out there when he's got no blockers. He understands how to move. So he actually, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I forgot to bring that up, but he has a little bit more pass catching to him than you expect for a back who's, like, legit 220-pounder. Yeah, he doesn't fight the ball. At NFL Draft, Dothringer.com, DK, your scouting report, you got Charbonnet, Charbonnet, I keep doing that in my head. Charbonnet. I, I'm not Charbonnet. I keep doing it. <laughs> Charbonnet you have, is a muscle car as a runner. And you actually compared yeah. him to DeMarco Murray. 
Mm. Yeah. I saw him as oh. like um pretty explosive but upright. He's not gonna like make guys miss with lateral juice kind of guy, like where you know he's like dudes are like flailing and diving at him in, in a cloud of dust or whatever. But he can hit the ground, he can hit the gas pedal and go straight really fast, I thought. It, it, good explosiveness in the short area. And so um yeah, I like that. He's got the lower body burst. Big physical. Tough I always guy. make sure I don't look at DK's comps for these guys before we do these. DeMarco Murray for Charbonnet is interesting because I always think of Murray as built so much in the upper half, right? Mm-hmm. Murray had like big chest, big shoulders. The thing about Charbonnet that I Johnny love is Bravo. He's, he's built nicely in the trunk, it's built nicely in the lower half. And like, like <laughs> where you carry that mass is always really important, right? Like you, you see this a lot where people will be like, you know, oh, this guy's like six foot. 210 pounds and this guy's six foot 210 pounds. So like comp them together. It's like, no, with running backs where they carry their, their mass is so, so, so important. So I didn't think about Murray because in my head, Murray is like really big upright. But then again, like the Murray I remember is the one year of him on the Philadelphia Eagles, which was not the best <laughs> season of DeMarco <laughs> right, Murray. So right. I have a bit of a skewed remembrance of him. Cowboys of DeMarco Murray. Yeah. I keep looking at like Charbonnet 6'1", 220. And I keep thinking about all the receivers we're talking about who are 6'1", 170. And I'm like, oh my God, these guys, it's crazy. Don't worry. If you want to get to small backs, we got a few coming up. Next up here, we got Devin Achain. Devon Achain. Chardonnay. Devon Achain. You said Devin Achain and it's Devon Achain. You missed both. (laughs) And fastest on the wrong syllable. (laughs) Yeah, there it is. Running back out of Texas A&M, 5'9", 188. Where's number six? I kind of like that. Uh, he's the fastest kid alive. This is the super bad. He's the fastest kid yeah. alive. Four three two forty yard dash, ninety ninth percentile among running backs. A little track star. You guys have talked about how he. I mean, basically is basically like a sub Olympic level track sprinter. Played by the worst offensive line in college football, though. So I feel like there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Texas A and M had the worst offensive line in all of college football. No, but it was bad. <laughs> it's not a good one. Is it a bad offensive line? <laughs> they recruited a lot of really good players, and then they were horrible. Tough look. I guess power five. I, th- I think that's kind of fair to say. Okay. All right. I was just like, uh, among, among, among the worst in power five. Like, okay. obviously. I was like, hey, wow. Danny, Danny like, Heifetz's personal rankings. Like 130th last. in the country. Wow. They're pretty bad. DK, rank every offensive line in college football. And then please give us your 50 shades of gray. <laughs> Name an offensive line worse than AM. I dare you. Oh, so you like offensive lines, huh? Name five. <laughs> Do you know anyone here? Um, can I, can we talk about Devon H a now? Uh, cause he's, he's awesome. That. He's like legitimately one of my favorite players. I'm, I'm building in some, I I'm basically sealing myself against the idea that he's just not going to do anything in the NFL. Like I'm aware that 188 pound guys, generally speaking, aren't thriving in the NFL at <laughs> running back. I'm aware of this. I'm trying to like remind myself of this. That being said, I fucking love Devon H. Like he is my favorite player in this entire class. Um, He's just so fun to watch. He's so fucking explosive. So sudden with everything he does. Um, I just want to believe that he's going to do something in the NFL. He's going to be a really good player. And hopefully he lands in the right system where they, you know, know how to utilize his skill set because he's, he's just extremely explosive. He's good in the passing game, all that stuff. So here's my, here's my, 50 shades. Let's start with the crappy version. And this isn't even crappy. This is just like, I think when I picture what he could be on like the low end, like a Chris Thompson from Washington. You remember that guy from a few years ago? Oh yeah. Just a scat back, like good pass catcher. He was, you know, he did some stuff in fantasy football for like six weeks, but that was about it. Like he just, you know, he just too small. I got hurt a couple of times, I believe. Um, So that's like the low end comp. Matt Breida. 
as the 20, mm-hmm. like, please mm-hmm. God, get him into a Shanahan offense and let him cook. Um, but obviously undersized, I think Breed is like 190, something like that. My 30 comp, rookie year and rookie year only, Steve Slayton. Mm. <laughs> always, always, always going to get a Steve Slayton comp in there. And you're like, but just that one year with the offense with Shanahan, it was great. So he rushed for 1,200 yards. Sorry. He rushed for 1,200 yards plus like 300 something receiving yards. He was absolutely awesome. Uh, and then it went all downhill from there. But, you know, that's what you can picture with a guy like this. I think they're around the same size. He might be a little bit bigger than A-Chain. Uh, my 40 comp is J- Javid Best. And obviously Javid Best, his career ended because he had multiple concussions. But like when he was playing, he was so electric, so explosive. Um, they were utilizing him in the in the ground game, in the passing game. Like, Heifetz, I think I, I was telling you offline about J- Javid Best and you were like, you told me, I thought that guy was going to be the best running back ever kind of deal. Like, that's how exciting he was, you know, as a rookie. It was just like everything. It was just, I, I can't think of a, an aesthetic and a style of a running back that would better match the name Javid Best than what, what Javid yeah. Best had. And if Javid Best was a player that was coming up in Madden or a recruit in NCAA football, you would be like, well, I have to recruit Javid Best. And then it was like an Easter egg from the game that like, yeah, this is the greatest running back you've ever seen. And then my 50, like the, the ideal... The tip top ceiling play here is if anyone from Gen Z knew who Warwick Dunn was. <laughs> Warwick Dunn r- rushed for a thousand yards five times. They're essentially the same size, similar play styles, like extremely explosive, like surprisingly can run through the tackles, that kind of stuff. He, I believe he played like 12 years in the NFL. Just, yeah. a, you know, awesome player, but no one really remembers him at this time because he was, I believe, drafted in like 1997. <laughs> I remember Warwick Dunn. Okay. <laughs> he was Thank drafted you, before Solek was born. <laughs> no, I was born in March of 97. He was drafted in April of 97. <laughs> My God, you do there remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I remember like, you know, 2006 Warwick Dunn um, when he wasn't necessarily the same thing that he was. But yeah, no, those are good comps because a lot of the, uh, the like modern speed comps, like, oh, this guy is small and fast. It's like, oh, CJ2K. It's like, no, like there's there's a lot of guys who have speed who like, you know, you don't necessarily get super long careers out of them mm-hmm. and super stable careers out of them. And that's the concern with, with A-Shane is going to be the, the health and the availability. And like, can you use him as a returner? Because he's very good as a returner, but you take a lot of big hits as a returner. Right. But we're not, we don't live in that world just now. We live in the, he's about to be in the NFL draft. He's perfect. He's never going to be hurt ever world. And that's a very <laughs> exciting world for a, a player of this, of this talent, of this caliber. These little guys are always like to me. It, f- it feels like you're just you're just closing your eyes and throwing shit it's, at the wall. It's and the siren it song of of explosiveness. And I right, I, like I, I said always, at the beginning, like I'm acknowledging that it's probably not going to work out. However, I fucking love this guy because I remember the mystery box thing. He's I, fast. Remember, it could be anything. Remember the yeah. Chip Kelly Oregon running backs? That's what I always go back to when I think of these mm-hmm. little fast guys. I think of like Kenyon Barnes and Barner, Michael James. Michael James. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like so excited about them and then they just disappear. So I, I'm always so wary of these little guys. We need a word for when a college running back is like legit a legend like LaMichael James and then yeah. actually irrelevant in the NFL. <laughs> uh, yeah, forever. we've got one. It's called Bust. <laughs> no, but like, it's not fair. No, it's not like okay, he's a okay. first That's rounder. too much. Yeah. I'm saying like, it's funny, like literally like the Kansas State point guard in March Madness, where it's like, yeah. wow, I'll remember that forever. He will never play in the NBA. Probably not. Honestly, like, actually, wait, let's skip to, speaking of Kansas State, I want to skip. We have Deuce Vaughn, who yes. is the running back out of Kansas. He's five foot six, 176 pounds. I'm out. I think it's funny. King. Got five, five, 179 at the combine, I think. King. Five, five. five. Let me okay. double check. Five five. 
Yeah. Five five. Let Holy me double shit. check. Let me double check. That's what me? I had written down. He's five foot five. Yeah, that's what we measured at the combine. Five five. Five five. Oh, five. Is that the shortest NFL running back ever? It's the shortest player at the combine ever. Wow. He's <laughs> tiny. He's been the shortest person at the combine. Period. Anyway, Kansas State. I love that their brand is just insanely small people who are fun to watch, and I don't know if they can play professional sports. Roger Sherman, our co- our, our colleague, said that Kansas State's brand is just small people who have that dog in them. So I'm curious, DK. <laughs> What are your That's Fifty Deuce. Shades of Grey for Deuce Vaughn? Uh, Deuce Vaughn. One of the more fun players to watch in college football. Just put that out there. Uh, his, t- his 10... I'll start with the low end, go to the high end. Number 10, J.J. Taylor. He's a running back that played at Arizona. He's on the Patriots now. He's like five foot six. He, he's like the closest actual physical comparison to this guy imaginable. Um, and he's like the fifth string running back for the Patriots. So, you know, <laughs> okay. kind of... You know, irrelevant, if you will. Um, Love me some J.J. Taylor coming out of Arizona. <laughs> the twenty, will. the twenty comp is. This probably doesn't make any sense because this is more of like a thirty. But like Tariq Cohen, so I'll say twenty nine and thirty are Tariq Cohen. He's not quite as explosive as Tariq Cohen, but I think he's a better pure runner than Tariq Cohen. Um, thirty is like if Spud Webb played football. Do you guys remember Spud Webb? Yeah. Too old for nope. you, maybe? Okay. Yeah, Spud Webb. <laughs> Spud Webb, he's like 5'6", and he question. won the dunk contest. He's fucking, he was fucking rad. Um, it's not Muggsy Bogues? It's also, Muggsy else? Bogues, I, I thought about Muggsy Bogues because he was 5'3". Yeah, he was even shorter. And played in the he, NBA. Muggsy Bogues was 5'3"? Five, 5'3", three? Five, three, I believe. Can you double check me on Hero. that? Um, yeah, let me check. But he was, like, Muggsy Bogues was, like, thick, though. Like he Yeah, 5'3". He was, like, 5'3", 200. There's you hope know, out like, there for Noel at Kansas State. <laughs> Did, what was Muggsy Bogues' weight listed? Uh, 437 pounds. pounds. Holy shit. That's crazy. No way. That's so, bananas. Um, <laughs> but anyway, like if Spud Webb played football, that makes no sense, but I just remembered Spud Webb. Uh, number 40, like if Maurice Jones Drew had a tapeworm. Because <laughs> <laughs> Maurice Jones Drew is literally 30 pounds heavier. Uh, <laughs> Then Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> Are you sure it's true after a season of Survivor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's the best one you've ever had. Maurice uh, Jones then, Drew, if he was like those offensive tackles after they retire. Exactly. He <laughs> <laughs> just stopped lifting. And this one, actually, I'm repurposing this, and, and I got to give credit to Scott Barrett because he was the one that helped me think of this. But last a couple years ago, we comped Rondale Moore to this, but I think it works even better for Deuce Vaughn. It's like if Secretariat was a Shetland pony. That, I, 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 that missed me. That, I, I don't know. I don't know what oh, Secretariat is like the greatest racehorse ever. Shetland ponies are like two feet tall. See, I, see, I knew Secretariat. <laughs> I didn't that. know what a Shetland pony yeah. looked like. <laughs> okay. Google, Google no, Shetland no, pony. No Darren Sproles? No easy pitch uh, over the plate? Okay, let's... let's. I mean, it, Sproles is just like more explosive, though, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. It's it yeah. it is another comp that you could definitely. Sproles is like a five seven running back from Kansas State, and Deuce Vaughn's a five five running back from Kansas State, and everybody's made the comp. <laughs> like smaller too, that's Darren good. Sproles. Yeah, yeah, right. Darren Sproles. So, if you took a little <laughs> off the top, Craig just <laughs> shared a Shetland pony. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's oh a ghost, man. Shetland you can't pony. convince me that's a horse. That is disrespectful <laughs> to compare anyone to that thing. <laughs> that's a goat. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> What's the purpose of this creature? <laughs> it's a, to make everything else feel better about itself. I don't know. It's, it doesn't. It doesn't produce milk. It doesn't produce. Uh, you can't ride this, John. What are we doing? It's you for can, you uh, can ride it if you're. Maybe small, you can ride it. Maybe it's for the little child. kids to ride. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> you ever see, you ever see uh, the Sherlock Holmes 2 where he didn't want to get on the big horse, so he, ri- he rode the Shetland pony looking thing? What? Uh, Nothing? I haven't seen that movie in a while. It's a, it's a whole movie thing. My yeah, first okay. date was to Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. Those movies are good. I don't know why they never made a third. First date ever? Yeah. I really love those movies. 2009. At yeah. a boy, Young Heifetz. Damn, 14 years ago? Good for you, King. Are you 14 years old? <laughs> How'd it go? Did, who, did, your, did your mom or your dad drop you off at the date? Well, oh, he can't drive. He's 14. Yeah, exactly. No, definitely yeah, my no, mom that's dropped the, me off. <laughs> that's my point. Yes. I was about the size of that Shetland pony. Okay. So, Deuce Vaughn. Uh, I really wish you, like, Craig play knew what a Shetland NFL? pony was before that. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I'll, I'll try. never forget. I, now I, sound like, Bryce I feel Young, like a fucking idiot, but yeah. How much we've talked about Bryce Young, like being able to stand up to like the withers of an NFL season, and Deuce Vaughn is literally five foot five. Like how, you know how does he get tackled is, by people? The name Deuce Vaughn sounds like he's like six two two thirty. Yeah, Deuce yeah. is the guy name. Deuce it's like Vaughn, when a henchman's named Tiny. Right. The I mean, crazy it, thing about Deuce Vaughn is he has like three hundred something carries in college. Like he. Hold on, let me pull this up. But literally, like how? Sorry, how does he not get hurt? 651 carries in college. He's dense. You can't hurt him. He doesn't have enough like limbs to bend in any direction. He's just like a ball. (laughs) How do you hurt a a, a ball? Of all the outliers in this class, like to me, he's the he feels like the one who has the best chance of like being the elite outlier, like the guy who actually overcomes his lack of size, like. He is just so awesome to watch. Like if you go watch his tape, he it just nothing really makes sense. I, I know that Bryce Young is probably gonna actually have a better chance of succeeding in the NFL, but <laughs> Deuce Vaughn is awesome. Six hundred and fifty-one carries. That's insane. I that's actually crazy. I hope all of the small, short Kansas State people make it to the pros. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Next up here, we got Tajay Spears. Yes. What a good player. Just Tajay Spears is, is teach tape how you play running back. Just in, just in terms of how he pushes the line, how he gets to his blocks, how he picks up in pass protection, how he breaks tackles. He's just fundamentally very sound player. Now, I love Tajay Spears. <laughs> now. He is uh, at the combine. He was five foot nine and five eighths, 201 pounds. That's good work. Congratulations. I don't think he's necessarily carrying and playing over 200 when he actually plays and the history of sub 200 pound running backs like we were talking about earlier Craig you're bringing up all these small guys you don't trust it's not good right when you go and you look for backs sub 200 who have had a thousand yard rushing seasons 
since 2000, there's only 10. Philip Lindsay is one of them. Ahmad Bradshaw, Justin Forsett, right? Steve Slayton, Charlie Gardner, who, okay, right? It's just like, like it's not, it's, you don't typically see these guys have high productive seasons. And when you do, it's typically one or two, right? The only guys with more than 2,000 yard seasons are Warwick Dunn, Ray Rice, which Ray Rice is listed sub 200, whatever. He's like Jamal, a fire hydrant uh, size. Yeah, though. Jamal Charles and, and Chris Johnson, right? Like you're working with a really small, small group. So he comes in over 200, but he's a smaller guy. And then he has a uh, bad injury history. He's, he's had multiple torn ACLs. So there's a lot of, of red flags. Wow, multiple used. torn ACLs? Two, I yeah. think it was two in the same knee. Two in the same knee in oh, high wow. school and then again in college. Uh, and so I don't think Spears is going to go very highly. There's going to be a lot of backs less talented than Spears, a little bit bigger than Spears, a little bit better, you know, traditional size who go before him. But I think he's going to look better than a lot of them for the years that he plays. It's a question of how right. many years. So... When you go for comps for Tajay Spears, uh, at 10, Darrington Evans. Anybody remember Darrington Evans? I do. No? Yeah. Copy. Oh, yeah? I got that nice. one. I got that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At 20, I have don't draft small running backs with injury histories. And then at 30, <laughs> yeah. I have Devin Singletary slash Miles Gaskin slash Amir Abdullah slash Jets Michael Carter slash Justice Hill slash Kyron Williams slash every small running back that draft Twitter has fallen yes. in love with yes. because we've yes. done this before. Just the fantasy waiver wire for the last five years. Yes. The, seriously, at, seriously. At 40, <laughs> I have the four-year $20 million contract the Titans gave Deion Lewis that one time. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, Deion Lewis to me is he was kind of a good square. player. It, yeah, yeah, Deion Lewis is, is the is the combo. I think it actually works for how Tajay plays. The fifty is Lashawn McCoy, and the reason why Lashawn's oh. the fifty is because stylistically, what Spears does when he gets to the second level is very shady. It's Jukes. very shady esque. He has that ability to stick out a dead leg and, and and to cut and then come back. And he his his is when he starts manipulating guys like not behind the line of scrimmage where everything's tight and close, but when you get a little bit more space and corners and safety linebackers are running at you at full velocity and they can't stop very quickly. I mean, you watch the, some of that USC film where he's just sending guys past it. The since all of the Cincinnati game this year, that was a game that really made me fall in love with Tajay Spears where he's getting to that second level and they're pretty small back there. And he's just, guys are flying past him. He looks like in the matrix dodging bullets. Like he just knows where <laughs> the space is. It's very LaShawn McCoy and Dion Lewis. Similarly, it's very reminiscent of those guys. And so the bottom 10, 20, 30 comps, I use this kind of like a cautionary tale. It's usually when we see these undersized backs, like, you know, we all love them, but then the league doesn't love them and they don't stick. When they do, they're really fun and they're really cool to watch. Yeah. You know who I comped him to the other day and people were very upset with me is uh, Travis Homer, who, by the way, was fucking fun to watch when he played at Miami. Like, he he was breaking tackles. He was physical. He was juking guys out of their freaking jock straps. Not assless chaps, Craig. Jock straps. Um, and... I don't know. He was like a really fun player to watch. And then if you comp their actual size and, and athleticism numbers, it's almost identical. I don't think stylistically they're that similar because Spears is a little more, like you said, like shady-esque where he's like juking guys. But Travis Homer is my Roshan Johnson comp. Ooh, there we go. Yeah, big fella, <laughs> special teams. Yeah. Well, Homer was 205, though. Homer was actually a little bit small. How big is Homer now? I don't know. Good question. Big. <laughs> guy's got some biceps. All right. You mentioned Roshan Johnson. So Roshan Johnson is the other running back out of Texas. He's just, the, you know, Bijan Robinson's body man, basically. So Roshan is a big guy. The official combine stuff, Roshan Johnson, six foot, 219 pounds. So Built like a rock. Yeah, he is. So Roshan didn't get to play much behind Bijan Robinson, but also he's a really good prospect. I met Roshan Johnson at the senior bowl, and I, had, I can personally report <laughs> Amazing handshake. Yeah. Strong hand. Just firm, strong, overwhelming handshake. 
Mm. Have you ever met an NFL player who had a bad handshake? I, I, I'm saying it's it's the best handshake I've gotten from an NFL player. No, but I'm confident <laughs> that like Aaron Rodgers' handshake sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing. We're gonna get that. All right, because he probably expects that. you to like get down on a knee and kiss his exactly. hand or something. Like, hey, I'm batting yeah. with the ringer. He's like, yeah. All right, DK. Give us the Fifty Shades of Grey for Roshan Johnson. So Roshan, I think you you laid it out there well. He actually was recruited as a quarterback, and then they needed him to play running back his first year, so he came oh, in wow. and rushed for a bunch of yards. Uh, and then they recruited Bijan, and he didn't get to do as much running after that. Um, but he is a good player. He's kind of one of those guys where he can do a little bit of everything really well. Um, so he can pass protect. He can catch the passes. He's big and physical. He's not like the best runner ever, but he can get positive yards kind of deal. He's the type of guy who's going to probably be drafted in the third or fourth round and come in and have a pretty long career, but maybe not put up elite numbers. So that being said, here's, here's my five. Number 10, a guy like Patrick Taylor, who's just stuck on the depth chart, not really ever going to do anything, was pretty productive in college, but... Loved know. a PT at Memphis. Yeah. Uh, number 20, Buck Allen. You remember him? Javorius oh, yeah. Buck Allen. Javorius. Javorius, right. He, he had a little run there in Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. Fantasy people kind of like this guy. Like, every time he touched the ball, I was like, oh, he's pretty good, but, you know, never really put together high-end numbers. Uh, number 30, similar deal, James Starks. You guys remember James Starks? From the wow. Packers. Green he was Bay? in Green yeah. Bay for a bit, and then he went yeah. to the Raiders, like every person from Green Bay has ever done. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, and then wow. 40, I had Brian Robinson Jr., who, again, like, I, I don't know if he's actually as good as Brian Robinson, but he he is the type of player where he's big, physical, um, you know, master of none, jack of all trades, master of none type player. Uh, and then 50, like, this is to me what he could, his ceiling would be something like a Chris Carson without fumbleitis. Um, Big physical guy in the right situation wow. can come in and be a lead back for, you know, a team. He's a better pass catcher, I think, than people give him credit for. Chris He's Carson's tall. a good comp. That's um, a good comp. Yeah. So he, to me, is a interesting sleeper here. There's a very strong chance he never does anything career. But, like, if he lands in the right situation and gets an opportunity, he could be, you know, he could put up bigger numbers than people think. I like that Carson comp a lot. Because Carson also, he was split in time at Oklahoma State for a little bit, yeah. wasn't he? It's yeah, actually yeah. kind I, of eerie. Like, if you look at, they're first of all, their physical measurements are almost exactly the same, like right down to like their 10 yard split and all that stuff in terms of athleticism and size. Um, but they both in their last season of college had almost identical numbers too, because they were both backups slash splitting time. I want to say Carson was back backing up justice up Hill. Justice Hill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, but like, yeah, it, the Seahawks saw something in Carson and he was drafted in the seventh round and he came in and just was like really physical and tough and like, basically was the identity that the Seahawks wanted from the run game. And, and I, I could see Roshan Johnson be a similar guy like that. I love Chris Carson. I love that he came in and just took Rashad Penny's job. I love that he ran like a seventh round. And I, I love that. I love that. Well, Rashad love Penny was very Chris injured. But, yeah. <laughs> Rashad Penny's a thousand yard rusher for the Philadelphia Eagles. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. 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 I can't Let's, wait to draft Rashad Penny and be super disappointed when he gets hurt in week four, but I'm going to. <laughs> best of best ball, baby. Best of best ball. Don't worry about it. Craig, you got your San Diego state stuff for a lifetime this month i do okay last up here kendra miller running back at a tcu producer kai went to tcu oh yeah so kai can also speak to rooting for kendra miller so six foot 220 big guy not a contact guy i think that's that's fairish i would have expected a player of kendra miller's size to survive more contact than he did he's not tank bigsby but still like i would expect him to survive more <laughs> contract than he does okay so he was behind Zach Evans at TCU for two years, and then Zach Evans transferred to Ole Miss, and then Miller took over. 
Whereas number 33, he's only 20 years old. So Solak, I'm curious what the 50 shades of gray are for Kendrick Miller. And yes, I, 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 that was my impression was basically there are guys smaller on this list who run harder, I guess is the best way I could put it. Yeah. So the thing is he's tight, right? And so because he's tight, he doesn't change direction well. Um, and, and what that does, it puts you like where glancing contact gets you down more easily. Cause instead of like Bijan Robinson, where like your, your hips really bend for you and you can like, you, 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 again, you look like, you know, like the bottom half's moving, but the top half isn't right with Kendrick, with Kendrick, he's tight. And so he doesn't change direction super well. And then he's upright, right? That's the other thing about being tight is that he doesn't really sink into his knees into his hips, right? He's not running from a wide base with power. He's just kind of a little top heavy, right? So I have a DeMarco Murray where he carried his weight earlier. And so it just makes it that glancing contact takes him down more often than he should. He doesn't get behind his pads as well as he should too. Because again, he's just he's just upright. But he's, he's, he's a shorter dude. And so he should have better natural leverage. Now, with all that said, for a guy who's tight, he makes dudes miss. Like he, he's got a nice feel for like tight areas and like slip by a guy and like, okay, if I, if I push to this side and he guys get a little bit wide and cut back up field, like he's got a knack for running. He gets it. And so mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit frustrating because you just wish you were a better athlete. This is a guy that like a lot of the draft community is like really in love with because he's got some of those highlight reel runs where he's stringing together two to three moves and making guys miss. I don't think the meat and potatoes of it is super solid, uh, but there, there, there's he's a good runner. He's a he's a running back. He understands it. It's just physically, our, do we have limitations here? So my ten, Kalen Balash. Uh, every back <laughs> yeah. that I wish was more physical. I comp to Kalen Balash. It's just bad. that to me that works. That's also upright, which is which is good there. Deshard Choice, my 20. Any Deshard Choice fans in the chat? Wow. Just nice, that. well-rounded, decent athlete from Texas. Not that that matters. And then he just got into the <laughs> NFL and like every so often he'd have like, you know, a 60-yard game. You're like, oh cool, Deshard Choice. 30 is those two 1,000 yard seasons that Jordan Howard had that one time. Again. <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> we're bringing we're bringing that bait back. But again. Uh, a, a guy who, who can make dudes miss, right? When he was a full caliber athlete, he was enough to break tackles to get to the open field. He had some size to him. 40 to me is Jamal Williams and 50 is Najee Harris. He's not as tall as Najee Harris, but again, we're talking about guys who just run upright and they have physicality to them. If they're able to get their pads down and get low and, and dive into people, then they can be much more physical dominant runners. Like Jamal Williams, like crazy touchdown production. But when you watch Jamal, there's a lot of plays where you're like, Dude, like that could have been a five yard run. Like you got to like hit with velocity. You know what I'm saying? And so that ends up being a frustration. But with Najee with Jamal Williams, guys who understand how to get it done, whether they're catching the ball out of the backfield or they're running it between the tackles, they are capable of making that first guy miss because they just have knack. They have feel. And that's an important thing at, at running back. And so Miller, by no means a, a bad prospect, just a little bit one where like, you know, the traits don't match the, 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 the style, right? And you're kind of a little bit of a square peg in a round hole. DK, do you agree on our assessment of, Miller not running as hard. Or are you personally offended by that? I would like no, to no, no. I'm, I, I think I was just surprised because he's a big, he's a big back. You know, I think, and it, was, and it just kind of caught me by surprise. But I think everything that that Ben was saying is correct. Like I comped him to Deontay Foreman. Like that was my first impression of like a big guy, maybe not like a superstar, but a, a player that could come in and get positive yards, kind of deal. You know, there are times mm-hmm. where he can turn the corner and like it looks like he's pretty fast, but then there are also yeah. times where it, it just looks like he's a grinder. I don't know. I had a hard time with him because half, like I think you said it, Ben, like you, you kept wanting more. Like I did have that same feeling when I was watching him where I'm like, this guy could be like a Ramondre Stevenson, but not, he's not quite before we came on DK and I were talking about, uh, is he a Bonaconda who's mm-hmm. the running back out of pit? His pro day was today as a recording Wednesday. He's 215 pounds and he ran a low four, four, high four threes. Right. 
you now have all the information you need to know to be like, yeah, we should draft this guy. Let's draft Izzy. <laughs> like, if you're going to be that big and that fast, like, that's that that's a, a rare skill set. When you watch Kendra Miller, who's 215, there are plays where you're like, is he 4'4"? And those plays where you're like, dude, go. Like, right, right. get there. And so, like, that's where once we start getting into the day three range, and I'm like, okay, I have a 215-pounder, but he's not, like, home run fast. And he's also not, like, dominant between the tackles. Now I don't know what to do with you. Am I supposed to make you bigger? Am I supposed to make you lighter and, and yeah. so that you'd be faster or whatever? Now, I, when I when I end up in that place, now I'd much rather get a guy who just like makes sense to me. Like I said, the skills matching the traits, right? Like he fits a mold. Like Izzy, I have a, I have a, a Bonaconda. I'm going to get that name right in the first try at some point. <laughs> yeah. I, I understand the role for him. Elijah Mitchell, done, right? Like it's very easy versus a Miller, tougher to figure out. I totally agree. So this feels like a draft of really two elite guys, right? Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. If you had to pick one of the day two or day three guys of all the people we just mentioned, I can say their names. Zach Charbonnet, Devin A-Chain, Devon A-Chain, Ty J Spears, Roshan, or is it Roshan Johnson, Kendra mm-hmm. Miller, and Deuce Vaughn. You have to pick one of those guys who in four years is going to get a solid second contract. Who are you Who are you picking? Uh, A-Chain, for sure. I could definitely see A-Chain getting the Tony Pollard role, following the Tony Pollard arc arriving to free agency and then not getting franchise tagged by the Dallas Cowboys who decided to go that direction for whatever reason. Um, and when they were going to release Zeke the whole time. Um, but yeah, like to me, a Shane for sure, because he's a walking home run, right? And so if he's healthy in four years, yeah, he's getting someone's paying him money. Yeah. I was going to say my heart says a chain because I love him. My head says Charbonnet just because he's like, he's just a lunch pail guy. Like I think his skill set is the type that lasts in the NFL. Um, but yeah, A-Chain, dude, he's just so fun to watch. You guys want to do some emails? Yeah. Emails. Email. This is from Brennan. 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 Emails. I'm Brennan, but okay. you could call me Nighthawk. <laughs> <laughs> Got to Google that one. So, <laughs> brother, stepbrothers. I uh, so I don't know if that was, I don't know if it was Dale was Nighthawk or if Brennan was Nighthawk. <laughs> one of them was Nighthawk. It's, uh, it's, you have to call me Nighthawk for Google. Was it Brennan or Dale? Did I get it right? It was Brennan. It was okay, Brennan. Good, Dale, right. Dale was Dragon. Craig, gosh, don't embarrass yourself. Nighthawk. By not knowing Sir Brothers quotes. So, we're recording this Wednesday. Tomorrow's opening day mm-hmm. for baseball. So, Brennan's emailed in multiple versions of, we have a minor league baseball teams that a lie. Ooh, I didn't know <laughs> we were doing two truths, one lie. Love. America's favorite segment. America's favorite segment. Two, Minor two league baseball teams. Oh man! So two, these are two Midwest <laughs> league teams and a lie: the Akron Smokers, the Beloit like Sky Carp, or the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Sky Carp is amazing. It has to be real. Minor league Sky baseball Carp. teams are just the coolest names. Sky Carp. Sky so Carp it's like is a real, carp, but that's in the sky. What if it flew? And it's Colonel spelled with a K. Like a corn kernel. Right, it's not like a, a corn kernel. Col- it's not colonels. <laughs> it's kernels. Which I don't really get. I think they kernels are fake. Well, do you think there's a chance that he screwed up and just misspelled kernel as the, the grain? <laughs> like not the military ring? He's, he's heard of them, but he's never he's never written them down. <laughs> or does Cedar Rapids like produce a lot of kernels? I don't know. Shit. I think the Akron Smokers. I think the Akron Smokers is fake. I know for a fact that one of these is real. Would you like that information or would you like for me to withhold it? No, you got to hold it. Okay. Where is Beloit? I think it's in Wisconsin. Beloit is in Indiana. Okay. Well, that's not the one Ben knows is real. Probably then. 
<laughs> if he oh, had to right. Google that. <laughs> Wisconsin. 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 Um, all right. I'm going to say, I think the Akron Smokers is fake. Same. Akron Smokers I, is fake. Nice. Yeah. Yes. I was going to guess Akron Smokers. I know for a fact that the, the Cedar Rapids Colonels are real, which is elite. <laughs> That's I love an that. awesome name. I <laughs> yeah, want to yeah, get yeah. hats for like every minor league baseball team around. I wish I wish I knew we were doing this. I'd be wearing my Kalamazoo Mac Daddy's hats right now, which was when the Kalamazoo uh, minor league baseball team was a macaroni noodle was their mascot for like a product activation. So they just had a macaroni noodle walking around with a bat. They called him the Mac Daddy. Wait, who's the one with the, pick, the pickle mascot? Portland Sorry, Pickles. I had a buddy yeah. who worked for the Portland Pickles, but they're not a minor league team. They're like a, they're like, <laughs> they're like that Pacific like, Coast League or some shit. They're described like, as a collegiate wood bat baseball team. I don't even really know how how, the, the how Savannah Bananas. They're wild. Oh, yeah. by the way, that they're really I fun. stumbled upon the Savannah Bananas Instagram. Those and they, they like do, the dances, do these right? dances. Yeah, yeah. Shit. yeah, it's really fun. I, um, there's Savannah just great bananas. names out there, like the River Cats in Sacramento. It's just cool. We also have two Southern League teams that lie. We have the Delta Reddish Egrets. <laughs> Love an egret. Reddish? The Montgomery Biscuits or the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Biscuits is fake. That's my guess. I, I agree. It's got to be. Biscuits is 100% real. So, oh, my God. Is, 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 is Reddish Eagle, Does that is the place called Delta Reddish and it's, it's the egrets? Or is it Delta and then the mascot is an egret who's like kind of red? An egret's a bird, so I assumed reddish yes. egret was a reddish. No, it's egret. a type of bird. Okay, every bird has, has like a descriptor. Um, I'm saying delta reddish egrets is real or is fake because the biscuits is 100 real, and then trash pandas, aka raccoons, got to be real. I actually checked, and the delta reddish egrets are fake, and the Montgomery biscuits are real. <laughs> the rock. What is it? What is the Where's city? Rocket the, City. What's Rocket, Rocket, Rocket City? Rocket City trash, trash pandas, pandas might be the coolest sports name ever. Houston. <laughs> yes. What's Rocket City? Houston. That's because of the Houston Huntsville, Rockets? Alabama? Wait, what? My Ma sister lives in Huntsville, Madison, Alabama. Madison, Alabama. I mean, Huntsville.org. There's a how Huntsville, Alabama earned the name. Oh, it's because of the the space shuttle. Yeah, it's because right, NASA's based there. But yeah, the Rocket City trash band is playing Madison. Yeah. But I think that's close to Huntsville. I don't know. NASA's based in where? Wait, no, Toyota Field. Yeah, I drove past this when I flew to Huntsville. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, this is sick. I gotta go visit my sister so I go to Trash Pandas game. Dude, their logo is a raccoon inside of a trash can that's also a, a rocket ship. <laughs> it <laughs> is I, so I'm, cool. I'm Googling sure. gear. I'm Googling gear. The, the Huntsville.org website, which is both the most and least credible name, because I always think about how Austin, Texas, which I love, calls itself the capital of live music, which is just definitely not true. Um, but Huntsville says that they were actually called Rocket City before the space race. And then the space race solidified it for them. Interesting. Which wow. is really Manifest odd. destiny. Dude, these hats are unreal. Yeah, I'm buying one. <laughs> Wait, how much is a Rocket City trash bag? 30 bucks. Hat? Yeah, 30 bucks. They're sweet. Wait, Should we all get one? Wait, drop the matching hats. Look at this red one I sent with the little trash panda rocket ship. That's the exact one I'm looking at right now at 47. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool. Oh my God. <laughs> Look at that little guy. Yeah, wearing a red hat, though, is tough these days. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. It's very true. Dude, I like this blue and black one. It's pretty sick. What I just don't wear, shirts? like, the, the new era flat bill hat. I don't really, I don't wear those. Mm. Yeah, that Into is the dad I cap. I like that like, curve bill. There's one of the, the trash panda holding an American flag wearing an astronaut suit. Oh, I see it. Oh, I love so that they sick. lean into this stuff. He's so Email cute. us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if there are good other hats from minor league baseball teams that we should shout out or good at logos or good whatever. Email us minor league baseball teams opening the, uh, the just minor league teams.
Yeah, it's just minor league. I might get one of these Rocket City hats. I also, I have the Brian Robinson big hat. Did I ever show you guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have the big hat. I, I feel like I do that, yeah. All right. I think that's all we got. We also have a lot more people who emailed us about Solak and jeans, but I'll leave that for another day. We oh did. Goodness. I mentioned this on a separate pod. Got like two comments. I mentioned this on y'all's pod, Fantasy Football Insanity, <laughs> the fantasy pod over here. Everyone's going bananas for a month. People were like, this guy eats jeans? We got great You're retention t- on this show. People are hanging around. Too much engagement with your listeners. <laughs> Dial it back. <laughs> somebody somebody basically called you out and said, what do you wear when you're just like out on a sunny day at lunch? With a t-shirt. With a t-shirt. What do you wear with a t-shirt? This person never heard of chinos? I think this person thinks chinos are too formal. No. Pair, pair, pair of uh, black chinos? Pair of uh, dark maroon chinos? Like if you're I'm wearing a, colors now. Are you wearing chinos and a trash panda shirt if you and I are going to Chipotle? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll probably put on joggers then. Mm. Yeah. I, when you said like out to lunch, I was thinking like you just sit down at a place with a menu. Wow, disparaging right, Chipotle, but okay. <laughs> Chipotle ain't got menus, man. They it's got a the menu? Wall. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's on the wall. I'm talking about you're you sit down going, and place, not, you hold a thing. Yeah, you're not like getting a table service. Nothing yeah, between joggers and chinos, though, I think is extreme. I think that's the kind of the, the, the thing that blew people's minds. I, know, I just, I, I feel like, I feel like people are underrate, underrating a chino, man. Chino just nice wear jeans. Yeah, I mean, I'm I will if people stop those. emailing us. Right. <laughs> thank you, DK. Thank you, Solik. Thank you, Craig. Bullying thank you, Kai, works. for producing this episode. Thank you to Jeans and whoever. I'm wearing jeans know. right now. These are black jeans. You're like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers right now. You're just pulling your toe up under the Zoom. Oh. You're like, I don't <laughs> have COVID toe. Should we just all just like... Oh, my God. I forgot about the COVID toe thing. Pants. Dude, I had to write about that when I wrote about Rodgers two weeks ago. And I was like, man, I can't believe this happened. Oh my gosh. Stuff is weird stuff. A little weird stuff has happened. Thank you, Lauren. 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 Thank you, Abba. I'm doing it again. Let's go. No one's saying anything about Abba. Abba was nominated for a Grammy this year for a new album. Dude, yo, we're going to Stockholm. Yes, we are. Together. Are they playing a concert? We should go to the Abba Museum. You know, Abba turned down a billion dollars to tour. They said we're good. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Same. That's how sick they are. Oh my God, wait. We don't need it. Wow. Can I pitch you guys the greatest um, idea I've ever had? Okay, sure. Yeah. I'll, uh, yes. Imagine if Kai just ends the pod here. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Okay. 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 So, so Mamma Mia, obviously the song. So I don't know. If, did you guys, maybe everyone knew this, but you know, the, the play Mamma Mia was written backward from the catalog. I never realized this till very recently yeah. that like yeah. they wrote the entire musical around Abba's existing songs. Like I'm yes. too dumb to have realized that. So Stevie Nicks, legend, actually unironically uh, wrote this song called Vampire's Dream because she watched the Twilight movies and was so overcome by how beautiful the the movies were for Twilight that she's like, this Edward Bella thing is so beautiful. I have to write a song about it. And she wrote this song called Vampire's Dream and she, she plays it and people don't know what to do. It's called Moon. It's an incredible song. Well, it's just a funny song. And so... I think that they should do a Mamma Mia. Dude, if you're Mia, a Shark Tank right now, they would have kicked you out. They should do a Mamma <laughs> Mia. Said, go faster. This is your best the- idea ever. <laughs> yes, just it's, note a, that. it's a Mamma Mia for the Fleetwood oh Mac catalog around Twilight. Happening? It's that the Twilight. Like Twitter. It's a Twilight play entirely with Stevie Nicks Fleetwood Mac music. But she only made one song about Twilight, right? No, How it should do the same thing. It's, no, it's all the Fleetwood Mac Stevie Nicks songs. And you do what Abba did. You write the musical around the songs. 
Like Mamma Mia. Thank you, Kai. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, this is a billion dollar idea. How are you guys? They already made a vampire musical. It's in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. All right. (laughs) They gave up the billion dollars of her touring, so they're not doing this. It's getting kind of hard to believe. How are you going to beat that? (sighs) That could be the opening. (laughs) Dracula musical. I I can play something else. The whole time he was doing it, I was just thinking of like the the Chappelle. Wrap it up. <laughs> Get that big hook on stage. Yank him off. All right. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>